on air podcast number 29 for the 16th of september 2007 you're listening to the on air podcast on the web at www.onairpodcast.co.uk providing material for use by hospital radio stations across the uk on air podcast number 29 very good morning good afternoon good evening to you wherever Whenever you're listening to the podcast, thank you very much for downloading it and being part of the show. Uh, recording this one Sunday afternoon, just gone at five o'clock in the afternoon. And, um, well, this is the show for hospital radio presenters and members. And it's, uh, well, it's by hospital radio station members as well. So uh, this is the place to be if you'd like to find out about hospital radio news. And also if you'd like to submit your own as well. Uh, also deal with topics to do with hospital radio and we play a little bit of music at the end we welcome your feedback i'll give you details of how you can do that at the end of the show so coming up on today's program here we have a interview with nigel dallard the hospital broadcasting association secretary uh, talking about the uh, hospital radio and internet broadcasting document that the Hospital Broadcasting Association has issued out. Been on the phone with Nigel just over uh, a week ago, and uh, now time to get it out. Also a bit of Wade's World, and also some podcast news as well. So plenty to stick around for. You're listening to the On Air Podcast on the web at www.onairpodcast.co.uk. Straight on to Wade's World then, and uh, what have I been up to? Well, if you've been checking out the podcast website at onairpodcast.co.uk, you'll know that last weekend I was out in Amsterdam at the uh, International Broadcast Convention. That was uh, last Sunday, and then I was actually at the convention Monday and Tuesday, so flew out from Stansted Airport, uh, which for me is very local indeed. Uh, My wife, Abby, drove me there, took 25 minutes, which wasn't too bad at all, was it? And um, so I flew out there to Schiphol Airport and then we had a, a very nice hotel, the Park Hotel in Amsterdam, uh, overlooking one of the canals and uh, met there um, Terry Savage, who you may know is a member at Hospital Radio Hillenden. And uh, he was out there with work. Uh, he's currently my uh, my kind of boss, really, at the moment, Terry. So um, uh, on my best behaviour, of course. Uh, also met out uh, another couple of other friends and uh, had a very interesting little look around. Uh, if you're looking at doing some streaming of uh, audio across the internet or across a uh, local area network, then do check out the Barracks InStreamer and Xtreamer at Barracks, B-A-R-I-X dot com. And a very useful little application there. And the Xtreamer, the little units that pick up the uh, internet stream, they're only £100. And uh, fantastic, you just plug them into a network point, and then you can plug on some computer speakers, and then you're in business. Um, so that was IBC. Also this week, met up with Neil Dixon from BT Pod Show, and uh, BT Pod Show are a podcasting company, and uh, they've got a big company in the States, and uh, this is the UK operation. Uh, they've got an office in Shoreditch, so uh, went off and uh, met with Neil, 
talking about a few work prospects, perhaps. So uh, that was very interesting and chatting about the state of podcasting today as well. The house is on the market. Yeah, uh, we've got a little one bedroom house here, me and Abby, and uh, it's finally on the market. We finally got round to uh, painting all the windows, which you may have heard about on a previous show. And uh, it is now on the market with a, with a for sale sign stuck outside. And uh, we're just hoping that we'll start getting some viewing soon. And we're looking to uh, move up to a three bedroom house, which will be rather nice. And we'll be able to have the studio in a permanent setup, which will be uh, very good as well. On to podcast news then, and coming up for the second anniversary of the On Air podcast. The anniversary comes up on the 3rd of October, and uh, I'm trying my best to organise a few bits and pieces, a few goodies, and also trying to get you on the phones as well, try and do another Skype cast if I can. Uh, not quite sure how uh, things will pan out there, um, but that's what's going on in the podcast. Also, if you haven't checked out the website recently, uh, I do uh, ask you to head over there, onairpodcast.co.uk. Over 300 of you are going there every month, which is uh, rather nice. Or maybe it's just 50 of you, but they, you're going there six times. But onairpodcast.co.uk. Also, by the way, um, I forgot to mention this one recently, but if you go to onairpodcast.co.uk forward slash radio plays, then there's uh, some radio plays there for you to download for use on your station. We also still have the Edinburgh Fringe Festival uh, coverage up and interviews at uh, onairpodcast.co.uk forward slash fringe and they've been downloaded 60 times so far each interview which is uh, very good and I do hope that your station has used those and do give me some feedback as well onairpodcast at gmail.com is my email address it would be uh, fantastic to hear from you you're listening to the On Air Podcast on the web at www.onairpodcast.co.uk okay as he tries his best not to uh, slurp and uh, spill Diet Coke all over the floor on to Hospital Broadcasting Association news. Our friends at the Hospital Broadcasting Association, first of all, uh, let's go into the interview that I did with Nigel Dallard. And the, uh, the Hospital Broadcasting Association, they've released a uh, document, Hospital Radio and Internet Broadcasting. And uh, I caught up with Nigel just over a week ago and uh, just asked him to explain to me what it was all about, really. Yeah, well, I mean, it it started um, several months ago now with noticing we were getting a a steady stream of, or no, perhaps not a stream, a bit, a bit too much, a steady stri- uh, a steady trickle of um, requests coming in asking for information about things to do with internet broadcasting, where they could find out how to do it, what the implications were, etc., etc. And this was sort of in the context of a wider discussion that... Um, Steve Allen, the Wales and West Regional Rep, raised in an executive committee meeting about the whole future of uh, hospital radio with the, uh, I think the, uh, the term is reconfiguration of the NHS, the sort of clone, clone closing of some, some hospitals, merging of others, the own opening of brand new regional super, ho- mm. super, super hospitals, this, this sort of thing. And that that seems to be more advanced in Wales than elsewhere. And lots of stations just worried about how they could move on and was uh, the internet the way to keep keep going. And uh, almost sort of expand in a way that was under their control. 
as well, perhaps? Yes, perhaps. I, 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 the most of the most of the inquiries I saw were, were just stations, just concerned that they were seeing their hospital reducing in size, the number of beds, and they they wanted to keep their service running. And so they were looking, and they saw the internet as a way forward. And so the the issues got raised. Was this was this the way? Was this a proper way forward for hospital radio? And what would the HBA feel about stations that went down this this way? Would would we be throwing throwing them out? <laughs> um, and so it was agreed that we take a a look at what the issues were and come up with some guidance so as we weren't telling every station that inquired a slightly different story <laughs> yeah yeah and and certainly um, i mean i've i've got the document here in in front of me and we'll go through it in a second but you know, it, it's eight pages with the with the appendix at the end. Um, yes, that's right. There's about two two or three pages worth of actual guidance, and then we've stuck the um, the PPL and PRS uh, information on uh, at the end. Yeah, it, yeah. In fact, it's, it's four pages long, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, and uh, then it then it heads into the appendix. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think it gives them details, and then a nice amount of sort of beyond details and, and sort of wraps it up quite nicely. Um, That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it certainly th- through me just me just looking at it. So let, let's just um, go through it. And first of all, it, it might be advisable to, to tell people where they can get hold of this. Um, and then people listening to the podcast, they, they, they may be able to pause it and then uh, maybe uh, read through it with us. Okay, so you um, you go to the HBA website, uh, www.hbauk.co.uk. Hopefully, you are logged on already, or you've already registered as a uh, as a member of a member station, and you've got your account approved by your um, station uh, contact, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Once you've done that, so you you log into the members section, um, hop over to the uh, support support documents uh, area, and there it is, right at the top, if I remember correctly. Okay, fantastic. So uh, let's hope they've done that, printed it out, or got it on screen as they're listening here. So, <laughs> um, looking through, I, I, when I grabbed the document and uh, I just sort of highlighted highlighted a few bits and pieces that I'd like to just kind of go through, and some things that sort of um, popped out at me. First of all, the old uh, the, the chestnut of music copyright licensing. Um, those uh, those great characters of PPL always pop out anyway. Um, so the, the, the talk is that it will be necessary here for hospital radio stations to obtain separate music copyright licensing from MCPS, PRS and PPL in order to stream on the internet and that this is not covered by the existing arrangement that we made uh, with those bodies both with PPL and, and the, the long-running sort of PRS-MCPS deal. That's right. With um, member stations that are, uh, or stations that are members of HBA have a long-standing waiver from both MCPS and PRS for those stations that only serve inpatients in the hospital. So 
if, if you're broadcasting on LPAM or LPFM, um, you you do have to pay them a nominal amount of money. Those of you on patient line or um, that sort of system, fixed, all the old-fashioned wired yeah. uh, SIN system, you get a, a free, free waiver from them. PPL, of course, um, most of you will know we... Uh, after a much uh, discussion, we came to uh, an, an agreement with PPL where um, stations on uh, patient line and the like and wired systems and induction loop pay them a nominal £100 a year plus VAT. Um, again, if you're on LPAM or that sort of thing, um, you pay them more, but that was all agreed beforehand. None of that, all of the agreements between HBA and the copyright collecting people at the moment are solely to do with broadcasting to patients in hospital and old people's homes and uh, the like. Um, they don't cover streaming on the internet mm. at all. And in, doing, in, in their consideration of you doing this, the copyright collecting people just see you as any other web web based um, uh, radio station right yeah um, and the, likewise again for IRN independent radio news so if you, you're taking your news bulletins at the top of the hour um, then you'll need the, you'll need the license from them yes we'll, you, you'll, you'll, you'll need to talk to IRN about that because again the license um, that IRN issue to hospital radio stations at the moment you, when you sign the license, you state um, the hospitals or healthcare facilities that you are providing service to. So if you go beyond that, you'll need to get a, uh, a further license mm. from them. Yeah, and uh, also in that same uh, paragraph was uh, obtaining the permission from any other radio station if you use another radio station as a sustaining service. So to me, that kind of... I'm not quite sure if if my station in Chelmsford was was taking a sustaining service from another radio station. I'm not sure they're going to be very keen to play ball. Uh, I've I've no idea. I mean, I I can see very practical issues from the hospital radio's perspective, um, as you'll be aware from looking at the um, at the appendices. Um, PPL want. Um, the ability to require of you to supply a complete day's log every so often. Mm. So unless you can come to an arrangement with your local BBC or commercial station to supply you a log on request of all the music they've played, <laughs> you've got a lot of listening to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, to, to me, uh, I read that and just thought, right, well, that that's fine. We're, a station would have to produce their own music with some sort of login on that and sort of keep it in-house because I, I just can't see it working externally. Sports commentary as well, which was it, it is to me a big one, and, and we spoke before we started the interview in that you know, a lot of stations hang their output around football commentaries and it is often the one, one of the major selling points of the station. Yeah, and in fact, I, I heard at the last executive committee uh, meeting, HPA executive committee meeting, that um, the football clubs, um, I'm not sure it was Premier League or 
um, the lower leagues had got uh, had put new deals and everything in place this year, and there was a deal with IRN. And if if you hadn't got a sort of local arrangement with your own sort of home club, if you like, if you wanted to do any any um, reports from away games and things like that, there would be serious rights problems even on on hospital radio mm. now uh, because my own station doesn't do um, sports uh, down in Winchester. We don't really have a uh, a, um, a, a local um, uh, football club of any any note. <laughs> um, so I'm 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 not directly involved in that. But um, somebody was saying that the position had changed this uh, coming season. Right. So I don't I don't know the details on that. Yeah, yeah, but it's certainly uh, to me one of, one of those big ones that would potentially change the station quite a lot, and it and it would certainly be um, something that the stations would have to weigh up quite heavily if they were into their sport, and uh, you know they, they found that they had a good audience for that. So that's right, and and the issue is, of course, even even if you can sort out the issue with broadcasting commentary on the hospital radio, many of the the big clubs have done. Um, deals with the internet broadcasting rights with other radio stations or whoever and so you've got the issue that you whatever deal they they come to arrange any arrangement they come with you can't um can't impinge on that existing deal so if they've done an exclusive webcasting deal with your local commercial radio station Mm -hmm. um that's it yeah 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 because they're going to be wanting to protect that revenue stream um, and they won't think twice about cutting you off or no. uh, looking into that sort of uh, way of things. So, yeah, for sure. Um, let's move on to the, the the sort of the next page, page two and page three, where, where we kind of look into the direct benefit and indirect because this this all this whole sort of document swings around the, the station constitution and whether it's whether it's in line with the current constitution or whether you'll have to change your constitution and uh you know that the trustees are uh basically you know they are the trustees of keeping the service to its constitution and and its objectives um and so th- there was something here that that I flagged up in terms of um because many constitutions, including our own, mention uh, old people's homes and uh, more of a community-type service. However, we've never sort of gone down that line. Um, and it's saying here that qualifying institutions will be allowed to be served on the basis of direct charitable benefit. The internet broadcast stream can be password-protected or its location not generally disclosed. So it kind of seems that if if, if you're doing it like that you're a little bit safer yes that's right i mean as as the the document explains i think actually on the first page hospital radio is recognized in the uk um in in all parts of the uk as being charitable Mm -hmm. um and therefore in england and wales where, where even though small charities don't have to register with the charity commission um you, if all you're doing is providing a hospital radio service and you're not providing it for profit 
then by default you will be a charity even though you're an unregistered charity. Um, in Scotland things are slightly different. You, you have the choice there to decide whether you are going to be a charity and call yourself a charity or, or not. Hmm. Um, but basically if you are a charity um, you've got to stick to doing what your constitution states are your charitable objects hmm. and this this will be of the form um, uh, to relieve sickness infirmity and uh, the disabilities attendant of, on old age amongst certain people um, and it might be people um, uh, living in uh, a town by providing a broadcasting service to that town's hospital, or it might be wider and talk about hospitals, old folks' homes, and that sort of thing. In, in both those cases, you're only allowed to provide your service to those people. Mm. Um, and, and providing it to others is, is, is acting outside of your constitution. And the problem with acting outside your constitution is that the trustees end up being personally financially liable for any expenditure spent outside of the remit of your constitution. So if if you're on on the management committee of a of a hospital radio station that whose constitution says you're you're to broadcast to the hospital and the old folks homes and you're actually widely broadcasting on the internet you are potentially personally financially liable mm -hmm. um as, as well as effectively you you're you're breaking uh, charity law and in theory the charity commission could take 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 you to court. I, I'm yeah. not I'm not saying that they're about to do to do that, but you need to be aware that you are personally responsible for what the station is doing. Yeah. Um, you you mentioned there about using station funds, and that is kind of mentioned in the next bit to do with the indirect benefit. Um, in terms of uh, it, a potential sponsor, it gives it gives them the opportunity to listen to the station, um, or in fact have it on in their workplace, which brings up another huge uh, minefield. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, in essence, I mean, the the other thing that a charity is, is allowed to do, as well as directly serving the beneficiaries, in our case, patients in hospital or folks in old folks' homes. Um, you're allowed to do things that are of indirect benefit to your charitable uh, on objects. This gen generally means things like fundraising so that you can provide your service and sort of general PR to attract funds or to attract volunteers to, to run your service. So un under this thing, under this uh, heading, you're allowed to go and stand with a, a tin outside your local supermarket or put an advert in the local paper asking for, for volunteers. You're allowed to stage any sort of fundraising events, dinners, fates, raffles, all this sort of thing. 
and you're allowed to do things like my own station does, which is produce CDs for sale. Hmm. Um, you're allowed to do all that because the money is going back to funding what you're, you're, you're doing. And an argument can be made that by making your service available on the Internet, people who might fund your station can hear what you're doing, hear what a great service you're, you're providing, and on the back of that, they might provide you funds. It might be a one-off donation, or it might be in the form of corporate sponsorship or something like that. The thing is, all these indirect uh, activities, you have to be able to show a positive outcome in terms of you being able to further the, your direct service to the patients. So if by putting your service on the web, you can show that you've made £2,000 profit this year and you've raised your prone profile by 150%, that, sound, that sounds very good. Mm. If it's cost you £2,000 to put yourself on the net and you've made no extra income at all, well, that's £2,000 that you haven't actually spent on serving the patients and that's not allowed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it then does go into costs and, and talks briefly about uh, upfront costs, ongoing costs, which is all fantastic, and, and I'm not going to read those out because uh, it's all superbly um, summarised there. Um, yeah, I mean, the, 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 one, the one thing um, I, would, I would point out there, I mean, as you say, the, 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 the upfront costs these days for a, a relatively well-funded hospital radio station... I don't think the upfront costs are, are going to be a big issue. No. It's the ongoing costs, and particularly the copyright fees, that I think are the big the big issue. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're both a big issue, and and I think the ongoing costs to a station, uh, and and it leads on nicely to the administration is is exactly that the administration costs of doing it of someone's time in administering that they're either that they've paid these ongoing costs and that they're fully legit and also making sure they don't break any of the rules that's right and um as well as as having to ensure that all your financial outgoing is either directly or indirectly furthering your charitable objects you as as a set of trustees you have to to ensure that also your non-financial assets are only spent directly or indirectly for furthering your charitable object so if you if you've got to take a person for one evening a week let's say off from doing direct broad broadcasting or ward visiting or whatever to run an administrative task then you you've got to be able to justify that expensing in terms of time um against the benefit that you're getting from the um from the internet broadcasting yeah yeah absolutely and to me that is the real that has been one of the interesting points in reading through this document is just the the administration and that it's someone's job and it needs to be done it needs to be done and i i mean i think the main 
it I, I, sounds like it sounds here like I, I'm uh, casting um, um, uh, PPL as, as the bad bad man again, but um, they have a set of requirements on web web broadcasters, um, both in terms of the fees you have to pay, which are dependent on the number of people that listen to your station. And so there is, there's no fixed fee, unlike um, PRS and, P, uh, and MCPS, where there's, there's a fixed fee and up to a certain quite large number of, of, of hours listened, it, it's a flat fee. PPL, you, you're paying, in effect, a, a minimum, but if that, that only covers the bare minimum, um, and if you have somebody who particularly starts to like your station and has your station on all day and all night mm. you can end up paying quite a lot of money serving somebody who's not one of your charitable beneficiaries and that's potentially the problem and yeah. then you've also got the same the same ppl license agreement requires you to do quite a lot of administration for instance they require that in any three-hour period no more than three songs from a particular album, including no more than two consecutively, and no more than four songs from a particular artist or, or, or from any compilation of tracks, including no more than three consecutively, are broadcast. Yeah. So you've got to sit down there and in your myriad rules or whatever, you've got to ensure that that doesn't happen for the programs that are man manually broadcast from your student student studios you've got to sit and brief all your presenters and then monitor what they're doing perhaps not every night but on an ad hoc um basis you need to prove that you've got the rules and the management systems in place so that if on the night that ppl if they can be bothered, sit and monitor your your service. Mm. <laughs> they don't catch you out, and if they do, um, you're able to say, "Oops, it was a one-off," and here's all the processes we've got in place. So, m moving on to your conclusion here, a nice short conclusion <laughs> in the appendix, and w what it seems to be saying to me is that again, you know. You should be aware of, of, of what you're here for um, and not forget that. And you, you've you kind of said that internet broadcast... Well, you, you have said uh, internet broadcasting has potential uses as a means of distributing hospital radio stations' service to qualifying local institutions. So that kind of, t to me, is a sort of, you know, that's a fully legit way and... A good a good way of distributing a service around to stations that you can't physically run a, a, a long wire to. Yep, that's right. Um, and then you've you've left it. <laughs> kind of. You're implying that there's a sentence a sentence missing. <laughs> um, maybe. <laughs> um, um, no, I, I think I think the the issue here is that the HBA is not here to tell hospital radio stations that they can't broadcast on the internet. No. We're here to, to guide them as to what the rules are, where the boundaries lie, and then it's for them or their, their trustees 
to make the call as to whether they think that broadcasting on the internet is right for them in their particular circumstances. Um, and it may be, and in fact, we what the the one area we haven't covered is the potential for getting your constitution changed. Uh, it may be that in in the light of your changes that's going on in the NHS, that there might be a way forward that in, that involves you broadcasting on the internet, perhaps providing uh, a health based programming to the local community that's for you as a as a station to work out perhaps take your own legal advice talk to the charity commission about your individual circumstances it's it's a very gray area here and certainly at this point hba don't feel able to provide you, uh, you know, definitive advice saying you should not um, make your service available on the internet. Uh, we don't feel it's our position. We we don't feel we're in a position to be able to do that. We don't think it's our position to be telling no. stations that either. What we what we're trying to do, as I say, is provide guidance, explaining where what the 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 legal framework is. We've also arranged for uh, a lady from the Charity Commission to come along to our autumn conference in Newport, and hopefully she will be able to explain more about what you can do to change your constitution. Things are easing up uh, a little in as bits of the Charities Act 2006 come into force, and particularly for small stations... Um, it's now easier or will become easier in the next 12 months Mm -hmm. to be able to change your constitution. It doesn't mean that you can change from a hospital radio station to a a preschool playgroup. You still have to stick pretty closely to what you were originally set up to do, but it would be a matter of convincing yourselves and the commission that it was a logical step given the current certain circumstances in which you were were operating. Sure. So we've we've hopefully got this uh, lady coming along to Newport, and um, uh, I'm I'm waiting for final con confirmation that she'll. Well, we've uh, we've got confirmation that she's coming, and uh, we've got. I'm, I'm awaiting final con confirmation as to exactly what she'll uh, be talking to us about. But um, when, we, when I discussed it with the Commission, the whole idea was to sort of be in this area about what stations can do with the NHS changing around them, how, how do they continue to, to meet their charitable objects and, if necessary, change their constitution, the way they're doing, doing things, steer a course right down right down the middle yeah and sort of evolve and uh yeah evolve yeah. in in the light of the current current circumstances and so how are how are you moving forwards with this document this document is is out it is it is published it is the executive committee's view 
of what of the situation today. Mm-hmm. Um, in a year's time, we may need to revise it, but as of today, this is the the guidance. Well, basically, what we're saying is, don't rush blindly into broadcasting on the internet without understanding what the consequences are and what the rules surrounding it are, both from a charity law perspective and a copyright perspective. Yeah. One of the many reasons why stations may be looking down this line is is to do with the patient power providers. Certainly, and, and I'm only going to mention patient line because that, that's what we have at our hospital and I believe that's what you have at uh, Winchester Hospital Radio. Yeah. Patient line are, are the ones that seem to get the news. And I'm feeling that, that stations, and rightly so, are worried that this is this may be their only distribution method and if that was to go and be taken away from them then that leaves them in no man's land i i I can understand that point of view my response would be but broadcasting on the internet's not going to get you uh heard in uh, the wards no but they, Uh, they may then throw back to their constitution part of the hospices the old people's home and uh, work because certainly uh, i think that if if patient line in our hospital was to go uh, we've luckily got a very good uh, relationship with the hospital yeah and i think that they would be a gutted for us and they would obviously try their best to get us back on in the wards but they would be keen for us to continue with our message and the message of the hospital yeah. And and maybe that they would be saying to us, uh, well, you know, we want, we need you to be broadcasting, you know, broadcast to the hospice, broadcast here. We'll get you on in outpatients, um, you, you know, and and sort of be working to, still to get it, get the message out, and maybe throw the service into preparing people to come into hospital, giving them information about buses and and things like that. Right, and and as as we say in the guidance, as long as your constitution allows you to do it, broadcasting via the internet as a means to get your signal to the local old folks' homes or remote hospitals or whatever, that that would be fine. Hmm. That's not... Um, an issue and if you can if on the back of the expenditure that you've had to to spend to do that you can then um, broadcast a wider audience for a nominal amount of money that again wouldn't be an issue unfortunately i think the copyright licensing um, costs would rather preclude you saying that broadcasting to the whole world via the internet was an incidental uh, consequence mm. of you broadcasting to half a dozen old folks' homes, because you could you could arrange for a stream to be sent across the internet to those half a dozen homes without telling the rest of the world where it was. Yes. In terms, of, as I say, in, in, as I said earlier, in terms of broadening to 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 be a sort of hospital-based community-style radio talk talk talking about health issues in the local community it's that's that's a potentially interesting area and it's one i i personally would be keen to hear from the charity commission how they would view 
a hospital radio station changing itself into that sort of of organisation. I have taken a look at a couple of constitutions from community radio stations licensed by Ofcom, one, at least one of which is, is a charity. And whereas um, a hospital radio station's um, uh, charitable objects fall under the, the health care side of charity, this community radio station um, falls under the education side of charity because a big point about commu- of Ofcom licensed community radio is all about teaching those in the community how to do to do radio and to 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 give them access to radio and that's that's a completely different aspect of charity to the aspect under which hospital radio falls and therefore i i i just wonder whether the charity commission would have would have an issue um, with a hospital radio station um, metamorphosizing into a community radio station, certainly along the lines of an Ofcom licensed um, community radio station. I really don't know. I say I should be interested. I should be interested to hear what the charity commission have to say um, on this uh, matter. Great. Okay. Well, that's going to be a very interesting talk at the Newport conference, which is uh, Newport's at the end of October, isn't it? It's, it's kind the, of the uh, looking right at my, looking at my calendar. It's the nineteenth through the twenty-first of October. Okay. So um, I think the discussion's going to continue. Certainly. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure it will because with the changes happening in the uh, NHS. The, the whole issue of what hospital, how does hospital radio fit in, is bound to continue to be debated. Mm, for, for sure, um, and it, and it's something that um, I'm hoping to kind of continue on with the with the podcast and maybe uh, get a sort of a little roundtable discussion going on. Um, so that's certainly something to um, listen out for, and we we might try and uh, sort that out some point uh, within the next couple of months because it it does seem to be a hot potato uh, or certainly just a, a brewing brewing in the background potato <laughs> anyway um so yes i look forward to maybe uh, trying to get some different differing views on things um and so nigel we, we should uh, wrap it up really because um looking at my clock it's been going on for nearly 40 minutes it has hasn't it <laughs> um and um so i thank you for joining us okay thank you and um we'll see you in newport and we will be talking to you about another thing in the future which, yes, uh, I believe you want to talk about the uh, strategic review that the HBA is doing. Yes, so that will be our next little chimwag, and it might be that we can uh, try and get, do that face-to-face in Newport, but uh, if not, we'll do it on the phone. OK. OK, cheers, Nigel. All right, cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And my thanks go to Nigel Dallard for uh, spending his time explaining to me uh, what uh, was going on there and uh, all about the form. And uh, we'll try and catch up with Nigel at the conference in Newport as well. Uh, Also, the executive committee, they're proposing a major restructuring of the association and they are currently conducting a whole scale review of the services it provides to members and how they are provided. And uh, you can find out more 
Um, the EC has been assisted in its review by consultants whose services were made, uh, majority funded by a grant from the charity's aid foundation you can find out the uh, more about the review at the website www.hbauk.co.uk forward slash review and there'll be a link to that in the show notes on the website also coming from the hba um, a message from marie who looks after the conferences quick reminder that bookings for the newport conferences now must include full payment and residential bookings close the 21st of September and so that is in uh, well it's in five days time from the sending out of this podcast so by the end of next week residential bookings in you can download a booking form from the HBA website or you can just contact Marie at conferences at hbauk.com or you can actually give her a phone as well 0870 so that's uh, all from HBA news and um, the HBA website's also supplied me with the hospital radio news this time, and you can find out more if you you must sign up and uh, head along there to hbauk.co.uk forward slash members, and then click on the news field. Uh, on there, news articles since the last podcast from Hospital Radio South Tyneside, York Hospital Radio, Hospital Radio Swindon, who have moved studios, and also Hospital Radio Wishing Well as well. There's uh, details of what's going on at that station you can find it more at hbauk.co.uk slash members well worth heading along to that on to feedback then still to come by the way uh, music track uh, to finish off the show and uh, try not to make this one too long because uh, our interview with nigel was uh, a good length of time uh, but we have got a music track to finish off from a band from the uk first though feedback and Two Ians. First one from Hospital Radio Pulse, 13.50am. They're looking to supply some live music tracks to this podcast uh, recorded during Ian's show. And also, if you would like to send in any recordings, that that would be great. So looking forward to receiving some recordings from Ian, maybe a, the odd package and bits and pieces, which would be fantastic. Also, another Ian has been in touch on the email from Hospital Radio Braintree. And uh, glad to be saying Hospital Radio Braintree, local station to me here. And uh, things do, seems to be moving on for the station, which is great. They've been given some new accommodation and uh, sort of promised some space there. So that is great news. And Ian... Thanks for getting in touch with the show. If you would like to get in touch with the show, we move on to the contact part of the show now. You can email me on airpodcast at gmail.com with text or audio feedback. You can add a comment to the website if you've heard something on this show that you'd like to comment on. Just uh, below the posting for the show, there's a uh, little field that says comments. Just click on that and add whatever you fancy. You can also Skype me and leave me a voicemail message. My Skype ID is mattwade one M-A-T-T-W-A-D-E-0-1. You can instant message me. I'm normally on instant message at wadem01 at hotmail.co.uk. Or just pick up the phone and leave a message on 020 7870 1287. So that's the London number. Uh, so normally a sort of national call for you. 0207 870 1287. Now it's time to leave you with some music 
and uh, this one from a band called Journey South, who you may remember came uh, runners-up in uh, one of the uh, reality shows that was out a couple of years ago. Well, Journey South, they have uh, joined the Podsafe Music Revolution, and uh, this is their track called What I Love About Home. You can find out more about Journey South at their website, www.journey-south.co.uk. UK. And I hope you enjoy the track and I'll um, speak to you again in another couple of weeks time. And uh, things may be a little bit busy in a couple of weeks time, but uh, hopefully within the next two or three weeks, get a podcast out and then uh, we'll try and arrange something for the Newport conference. So uh, whatever you're doing in hospital radio land, I hope things are going well. I hope things are going well for you uh, in your general life as well. And would love to hear any feedback that you have on the programme. In the meantime, I shall keep on uh, getting some bits together for the second anniversary programme and speak to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. I draw back the curtains, hoping for some signs of home. As the light hits the bedroom, I realise again it's just me. On my own And I long for The sight of the industry sky Yeah, the sound of The silence of my countryside That's what I love about Oh, oh, oh.
You've been listening to the On Air Podcast. Check out the show notes and any scripts needed by visiting the website at onairpodcast.co.uk. You can email the show with comments, audio, or items for the next edition via onairpodcast at gmail.com. The show's imaging is supplied by DivaWeb, online at divaweb.co.uk.